Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy, God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am very excited to have Dr. James Christisic with us. Dr. Christisic is a board-certified chiropractic family physician with an undergraduate degree in clinical nutrition. He has helped over 15,000 patients reclaim their health without drugs and surgery using safe, time-proven, evidence-based natural medicine. He's the author of five books on nutrition and functional medicine, including his bestseller, Carbs from Heaven, Carbs from Hell. He's been the host of a weekly host uh, weekly health talk radio Radio program, The Other Side of Medicine, for over 25 years, and he is a nationally known speaker. Welcome, Dr. Christosik. So glad to have you. Nice to be here. Thank you, Dr. DeVille. Yeah, absolutely. So let's launch into your best-selling book. Uh, let's define some terms for our audience first. Can you tell us what carbohydrates are, first of all? Absolutely. Well, carbohydrates are what we call macronutrients, and Carbohydrates are actually the main source of fuel in the body, mm-hmm. and there's two types. There's what we call simple carbohydrates, and there's complex. Mm-hmm. To make it real easy for people to understand, simple, if you could imagine like a, a pearl, a, a string of pearls, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you have just a couple pearls, that's a simple carbohydrate of a couple sugars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be like table sugar, like that, or honey, or something of that nature. But then if you have longer a string of pearls, that's complex carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. And those are packaged in foods like whole grains, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, those type of foods. And those are really the ones that I call the carbs from heaven. Mm -hmm. And the short short ones, the, the, the small lengths of pearls, those are what I call typically as a rule, the carbs from hell. <laughs> yep, gotcha. So can you, since you're using the that kind of language, tell us about which carbohydrates have become demonized and whether that is earned or not. Sounds like you kind of can go both ways, depending on which ones we're talking about. Exactly. Well, you know, everybody's, first of all, everybody's got this preconceived notion that sugar causes all the problems. You know, we got the low-carb people out there just crying that, that that's their battle cry. Right. Sugar is causing diabetes, heart disease, cancer, obesity, all the problems. And so today I'm going to be sharing with your audience something that may shock you. And it's, you know, the bottom line is, is it's fat that's the cause of you know, insulin resistance, which I'll be talking about, and diabetes and heart disease and cancer and Alzheimer's and you name the disease. So that's really what I want to get into discussing today. And I'm not saying that that um, all fats bad. There we'll, we'll distinguish between the type of fats. But the bottom line is, is carbs are not the problem. Mm-hmm. And we need to distinguish between, again, the good, good carbs and the bad carbs and the good fats and the bad fats. That's right. the topic of the discussion, I believe that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And so bottom line is when you're talking about uh, the carbs, 
I like to always start it from a biblical perspective because I like to see what God's word has to say about carbs because, you know, we have our opinions, but what does God say about carbs? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's, in my estimation, the first place we should always start. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I hope that you agree with no, that. No, absolutely, for sure. So, but, yeah, go ahead. So anyway, so if you look at if you look at it in the Bible, you look at it from the beginning, Adam and Eve were brought up where? In a garden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were eating fruits and vegetables, right? right? That was what God designed. Right. So then of course we know that that man sinned and then God, you know, said you're gonna be out of the garden, so he tossed him out of the garden. But for for the next thousand years at least, because we know Methuselah, Methuselah was 969 years old, mm -hmm. we know that for the at least next 969 years that God literally commanded people still to eat a plant-based diet. True. Yep. So so okay. So that was that was God's ideal. Then of course we had the flood came along, and then God said, "Okay, you're allowed to eat meat." Mm -hmm. So the key is is that. When you look around the world, people have been eating mostly carbs and very little meat, except for the royalty, for the kings. Mm -hmm. And of course, we call that, you know, for example, you know about the king's diet, uh, the king's disease, right. which is which is gout, right. which is caused from too much too much fat, too much animal protein. Mm -hmm. So the average person, the, the the people, the working people, most of the people were eating primarily carbs for thousands of years mm -hmm. and that was what God set up in the garden and that's what he had people continuing to do except those who had the power the royalty right so so if we look at that and we look at and then move beyond that and we see other cultures around the world even to to up until the 1950s the majority of the people around the world we're eating a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at, for example, um, the, well, before I talk about some specific cultures, let me just say that 99.9% .9 of the people today still eat as a primary food carbs. Mm -hmm. There's a few exceptions like the Intuit Indians in Alaska and a couple tribes that are in, you know, South America or Africa, you know, these are small tribes. Right. Uh, like, the, like the Maasai and stuff, stuff. But the bottom line is 99.9% .9 of people eat carbs as their primary source of fuel. Mm -hmm. Because carbs are the body's preferred source source of fuel. Mm -hmm. So so the bottom line is, if you look at uh, countries like, for example, before the 1950s, China, the country was eating 90% of the of the food that they were eating came from rice. 90% of their food source was rice, mm -hmm. a carb. Mm -hmm. And it was right, it was white rice, not even the best ideal. Sure. But they had low incidence of obesity, very few people were obese, very few people had diabetes, very few people had heart disease. But after the 50s, when American westernized diets got in and McDonald's got over there, of course, the mm -hmm. that incidence of of all those things that I just mentioned, you know, increased dramatically. Right. Uh -huh. Then if you go around the world again from, from the, you know, the earliest civilizations, even here on this continent, like in South America, and you go to the Incas or the Mayans, what did they eat? Primarily corn and beans. I mean, corn and, and, and uh, potatoes. That was their primary. Right. And potatoes are, are, according to the low-carb people, the worst food on the planet. <laughs> True. Yeah. So... 
so here we have people that that were very very vibrant. That the Mayas and the Incas were very you know athletic. They you know they would run a hundred miles in a day for goodness sakes. And when what would they run on? They would run on some corn or some quinoa. Mm-hmm. And and so they didn't have any problem. They were fit and trim and they were healthy. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at those populations that ate that way. And then of course we have a really interesting culture of of Indians called the Pima, which actually migrated to Arizona, your your home. Mm-hmm. And they were actually from Mexico, living up in the mountains. And then there was a drought back in the early 1900s, and they came out of the mountains. And before they came out of the mountains, they were eating high-carb plant-based diet, potatoes, mm-hmm. corns, and beans. And so they came out of the, because of the drought, they came out of the mountains, ended up in Arizona. And of course, our government came to the rescue. And what did they do? They fed them processed foods, a lot of saturated fat, a lot of processed meats, a lot of meat consumption, a lot of sugar. And what happened? The Pima Indian today, to this day, have the highest obesity rate in the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they have heart disease and cancer and all these other diseases. Why? Because it was they shifted from a plant-based diet to the standard American diet. Mm-hmm. So it's dramatic what happens when you shift away from God's original plan mm-hmm. and you end up with a better idea. Of course, where is that idea coming from? A, the better idea? Mm-hmm. How, how we get all these problems? Mm-hmm. Where does confusion come from? <laughs> right. Of course. It's the enemy, mm-hmm. right? Satan wants people to be confused. He wants people to be sick because they're well, look, look what your God has done to you. You know, he's given you this body and you're sick. Well, he's created the confusion, not God. God has got a plan. It's in his scripture. It's in his word. And all we have to do is follow his lead and we'll live healthy lives, just like the people in the blue zones. And this is this is amazing, uh, Dr. DeVille. The blue zones, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are five regions in the world that National Geographic actually did an exhaustive study. They did, you know, had hired all these scientists from from really high educational places like Harvard and Stanford and all across the world, as a matter of fact. And they got epidemiologists and cardiologists and immunologists and nutritionists, and they 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 calculated and, and did all this study of all these cultures around the world and they found these five regions who had extraordinary health Mm -hmm. and they pinpointed what did these people eat now there were other things that these people did that national geographic pointed out Mm -hmm. that really were uh, significant you know but the bottom line is their diet was consistently the same Mm -hmm. plant-based primarily more than 90 percent of their diet was plant-based and they lived to be a hundred vibrantly healthy and Dr. Phil, I got to share with you that if I have any call to fame, National Geographic wrote that study and they wrote a book with uh, Dan Butner, wrote a book called The Blue Zones. Mm-hmm. That was in 2010. Yep. Dr. DeVille, in 2004, I published my book, Carbs from Heaven and Carbs from Hell, Uh and I pinpointed those regions in my book and talked about them extensively six years before National Geographic did, and I didn't have all the, you know, researchers behind me. I just had my little mind and my 
I went to the libraries and dug in and found all of this research. Right. Good for you. That's awesome. Very cool. So um, low-carb experts are, you know, very, very uh, popular these days. They say that carbs are what cause obesity and diabetes and heart disease. How would you respond to that? Well, you know, again, I think that, again, people in general have a misconception that carbs Mm -hmm. are the the enemy. It's the it's the devil in disguise. Right. And if you if you talk to most people, they think if you prefer a banana over a steak, if you have diabetes or you have insulin resistance, they're going to say take the take the take the steak instead of the banana. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Deville, people are so scared of carbs, you could hold up a bank by pulling out a piece of bread. <laughs> That's how ridiculous right. it's become. Mm-hmm. So we really need to recognize that that that. The carbs are not the problem, and it really boils down to that it's, you. I guess I said earlier on, surprisingly, it's the fat. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about the physiology of what happens with that. Okay. Because we know that when, if you look at Americans' diet, Mm -hmm. what is it a combination of? It's a combination of a lot of sugar, Mm -hmm. a lot of refined carbohydrates, a lot of fat as well. It's all together. It's kind of mixed up into one big pile Mm -hmm. and that's what americans are eating and so the low carb people look at that and they say oh yeah look at we know the one thing that's causing it and it's the carbs that's why people are fat Mm -hmm. well it's it's insane because that's not true and here's here's what i have discovered through research and there's a lot of studies to back this up i mean there's there's research papers out the wazoo sharing this information with people it's available anybody who wants to go to pubmed and look it up Mm So the physiology of carbs is, is that when you eat, um, when you eat carbs or fat, and this is where we're talking about fat right now, because fat is, I'm saying, I'm pinpointing fat as the problem. When you eat fat and specifically saturated fat, and that comes from, from things that are um, like red meat and white meat and, and, and fish and oils and those types of things, when you eat those types of foods in excess, mm-hmm. then you start to cause a problem. And so what happens is you, you take those foods in your mouth, they go down your esophagus, they get into your stomach, and they go into the small intestines. And when they get into the small intestines, the body begins to tear those uh, sugar, no, excuse me, the fat apart. And we call them triglycerides. Mm-hmm. They're just basically packaged by the body as triglycerides. And so they're inside of the small intestine. The body breaks them apart. And now that is going to be absorbed inside the body. Mm-hmm. Now, when that triglyceride gets absorbed, and that's basically um, uh, going to end up into typically what the ideal is supposed to go to the adipose tissue. Now, mm-hmm. where is that from? Well, it's found in, underneath your chin. That's the fatty tissue. Mm-hmm. Center, you know, it's underneath your arms. It's on your side of your chest. You know, it's in your belly. And that's, that's not really this serious place for it to go. That's okay, but that's a storage. Mm-hmm. But the problem begins when you have excess fat, and that excess fat actually gets inside your liver and your muscles right. mm-hmm. and it gets inside your muscles and your liver in excess quantity mm-hmm. and that's because again americans are eating so much saturated fat and and the body gets overwhelmed with this fat inside of the muscle and the liver and 
when it does that, it puts up a roadblock. That roadblock is going to be what we call insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's already has too much of the fat in the muscles and the liver, which is okay because normally you want to have muscles and fat have a little bit of that uh, glucose in it because when you exhaust what's in the blood, then you can take from what's in the muscles and in the liver and use it for energy, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But and then a good example of that is for athletes. If they're running, whatever they're going to use up in the blood, then, then they're going to go to what's in the liver and in the uh, muscles to have energy. But the problem is, if you're not an athlete, this starts, stuff starts to accumulate inside the liver and in the muscles. Mm -hmm. Now you get a, a really... Um, a, a real congestion of fat inside the muscles in the liver. And so then what happens is when, when you have the, the fat come down um, and, the, and, and so insulin, that's where it comes into play. Insulin is basically trying to take the fat or the um, glucose, the sugar inside of the blood. But because you've, you've got this too much of this fat inside of the uh, muscles in the liver, the body has a mechanism, which is kind of weak though, to, to, to um, get, you know, get rid of that. But so it's the body turns and says, well, what are we gonna do? This other system's too weak. So it says, okay, we're gonna use insulin. That's what we're gonna use. And so insulin is gonna try to take, you know, the liver and the muscle is gonna try to take some sugar into the cells through insulin. It's gonna to try to carry it into the cells. But now, if you eat, for example, like a banana or you eat an apple, when, when you eat that food, what's gonna happen is the, the food comes into your belly, gets to the small intestine, gets in, now the, the, the pancreas releases some insulin, mm -hmm. and it tries to take it over to the muscles in the liver, and it knocks at the door to try to get into the cells of the liver and the muscle. But the, but the liver and muscles are already congestion. So it says, hey, guys, you know, we got too much here. There's a roadblock. You guys can't come in. There's a traffic jam. Mm -hmm. There's too much fat and too much, you know, in the, in the inside, too much in, inside the liver and the and muscles. So it, it puts that insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is, is a major problem, and it's a precursor to what we call metabolic syndrome, mm -hmm. which is a condition where people end up with becoming overweight, they have the big bellies, they have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, the polycystic ovarian syndrome, they've got, you know, all these risk factors, and they're showing now that this metabolic syndrome is even linked to cancer and, and Alzheimer's disease and, and, and heart disease and strokes. Mm -hmm. So insulin resistance is, is a real problem, and it's a condition that's caused by overconsumption of saturated fat mm -hmm. that causes the, the, a roadblock, as I mentioned, the roadblock in the liver and the muscles, and that what ends up happening is that the whole thing um, causes your... Uh, insulin to get uh, elevated inside of the um, a blood. You get high levels of insulin and you get high levels of C-reactive protein. You get all kinds of other problems that your body is going to then, um, re you know, respond 
by causing that roadblock. And that's that's the major problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, since you're talking about the, the, the difference between focusing on low carbs versus focusing on, on fat, because everybody's kind of talking about the keto diet these days, can you talk about that a little bit? What's ketosis and why did that end up getting so so mainstream? Well, you know, ketosis and the keto diet is something that Again, people are like getting excited about because they, they when people go on a keto diet, they're basically going to lose weight and they're going to see their numbers change initially, but there's long-term problems with it. And so what ketosis is, is a last-ditch effort by the body to, to provide fuel for the body. So it's like when you're in starvation mode, if you're not, if let's say you're, you know, not getting any food for a couple, two, three days, it's the body's going to go resort to ketosis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it does that, you know, several hours, maybe like, you know, when you go like in, for example, intermittent fasting, which is a big thing right now, mm-hmm. your body's going to go into ketosis. Right. It's going to use these ketone bodies um, as a fuel. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be a short-term thing that the body uses as a last-ditch effort. Now, you don't want to use that on a regular basis. It's it's basically even, you know, if you look at, for example, pregnant women, they can go to ketosis, and, and that's that's a condition that pregnant women get up when, when they have, you know, they're pregnant. It's actually a, a, a problem that that's a medical problem. But but the bottom line is it's, a, it's, it's not a normal thing that the body wants to use. And what it causes is it, it, it literally creates um, uh, uh, a desperation. I guess that's where you would put it, where fat and muscle are broken down and the ketone bodies form. And in the process, you have large amounts of water that's released. Um, and that's where people end up on the, key, on the keto diet. They lose weight because it's, first of all, the research has shown it's water weight initially. Mm-hmm. And they lose their appetite. That gets suppressed. And, and um, they decrease their caloric intake, and of course they're gonna lose weight. But again, it's the body's starvation mode. That's what it is. And there's a lot of research to show that the keto diet in the short term, that there is problems, as well as we don't have that much research on the short term. The long term is the question that we have to look at, and there's not a lot of research on the long term. But just gonna give you a couple examples on the short term. There was a uh, cardiologist, um, Dr. Fleming, and, and, and he was out of Nebraska, and he showed that after one year, people on an Atkins diet, which was the original low-carb diet, right. he found that that there was in, increased inflammation in the inner lining of the blood vessels by up to 40%, Dr. DeVille. And that's where you start to have atherosclerosis begin, where clogged arteries begin. And he found out that there were extremely high levels of C-reactive protein, which is very common with keto diets, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's one of the short-term things. But then there were also some, some research done at University of Texas, and they found out that people in a high protein, low carb diet, that they had kidney damage. Mm-hmm. And they had people that had developed bone loss and kidney stones and kidney failure um, using the low carb diet. So mm-hmm. short term, there's a few studies. Long term, we don't know the, the real problems that are done with studies that are randomized control studies. Well, you know, and the bottom line, who wants to do a randomized control study to end up 
shown that you could possibly end up with heart disease and, and, and diabetes and everything else. You don't want to be a subject to that. Sure, yeah. But there are epidemiological studies and there are um, other studies that are out there that are, that are um, large studies, um, cohort studies that we call them. And, and those are also cause, cohort studies are cause and effect as well. They're really valuable for that. And there was a recent study done on 25,000 people, a doctor in Poland, and she found, this doctor found that there was like a 60% increased risk for all cause of mortality, mm-hmm. all death from cardiovascular disease, cancer, I mean, heart disease, all this stuff on a low carb diet. Hmm. She said it was like, this is a dangerous diet, she said. And, and so there's more and more studies coming out and we just need to be cognizant that this is, this is a dangerous thing for people to do. And it goes against, I think, the grain of what God intended for us and what the enemy is tricking us into believing is going to be the answer. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. So um, since we're, you originally were talking about, so there's carbs definitely aren't always the enemy, but on the flip side, the reason why ketosis has become, or the keto diet became so popular is because of sugar and the concerns there. So is sugar bad for you? Does it cause inflammation? Oh, absolutely. There's okay. no question about it. You know, refined sugar... And refined carbohydrates, which the United States Department of Agriculture says is as bad mm-hmm. as refined sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about white bread and, and you know you know white rice. And you know I had a really good friend, Dr. Reverend Gray, um, Salvation Army officer, and he said to me, you know, the whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so I used to love Dr. Reverend Gray. He was an awesome guy. He was. Uh, I met him and he was like 93 years old when I met him at a, at a natural health conference. And I was at this conference and I'm walking down the hallway and I was walking by these rooms and I looked in this one room and there's this guy, this older gentleman, white haired gentleman, who's doing a headstand on a desk. And oh, I'm like, wow. What is he doing? All of a sudden I see him flip off the desk and I go, holy moly, I want some of that. Uh-huh. So I was listening to Reverend Gray and he was on a plant-based diet and he had been sick and he was eating the standard American diet, went to a plant-based diet and he went around the country teaching people about God's message about a plant-based diet. And that's one of the persons that really convinced me it changed my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So, so sugar is bad. And there's lots of studies to show that when you eat sugar or you eat refined carbohydrates, you're going to literally cause elevations in blood sugar. And this is the way I put it. Okay, fat is, is, the, is the cause of the fire. If you have a fire, it's a, it's a cause of a fire, okay? okay? The carbohydrates that are refined are like the gasoline that's put on the fire. It makes it worse. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no question that you can look at studies that show that Carbohydrates will cause insulin resistance that are bad carbs, and and it will cause diabetes. There's and it'll make it worse. Right. But if you they're focusing on the wrong problem. The problem is is on the fat. And again, I want to refer to uh, something if you allow me to, which was a um, uh, an exhaustive, um, I guess a population study that was done by a Dr. Fleming. Did you ever hear of Dr. Fleming? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Dr. Fleming was back in the 40s, 1940s, and he was actually a um, physician, a medical doctor on staff, a professor at Duke University. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Fleming 
I mean, I'm, I'm the doctor, Dr. Fleming. I'm sorry, that's wrong. I was speaking to somebody else. Oh, okay. um, uh, oh my goodness gracious. I had one of my kids call a, a, a brain fart. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> like, um, I can't think of his name right now. I'll think of it in a minute. But he was a physician out of um, uh, Duke University, and he had 19... Uh, 19,000 patients that he worked with and he worked in conjunction with Duke University and he put them on this what we called a sugar diet yeah. now and this diet was bizarre and I don't recommend this diet for anybody but it was nutritionally bizarre it wasn't really something you want to do but I, I want to illustrate a point by 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 what he did so he put them on sugar and 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 fruit and and um, I'm also oh rice. He put them on rice. That oh was gosh, that. yeah. And it was white rice, by the way. Wow. So he had 19,000 patients that he did this study with, and interestingly enough, he initially was trying to see if his diet was going to help with reducing uh, blood pressure. Uh -huh. um, people that really had extremely high blood pressure, and and so he. Um, put them on this sugar diet, and he found that the blood pressure, this really extremely high blood pressure, came down dramatically. But at the same time, he found out that, that people lost weight, dramatic weight. I mean, they were losing 50, 100 pounds. And, and they also had people who were with kidney disease that reversed, and they had people with diabetes that were reversed. And they had people actually with diabetic retinopathy, which is a damage to the eyes and can cause blindness, that actually he reversed in some of the patients diabetic retinopathy huh. on a sugar diet, like loaded with sugar. And, and so it's, that's not really the problem. The problem is when you have an American diet and you mix sugar, which is they have a lot of, and fat at the same time, that's when you get the, the, the problem. And the sugar, again, it's just the gasoline that's poured on the fire. And the real problem is, is the, um, uh, the fat, the excess fat that's, that's causing the, the uh, traffic jam inside of the, the, the cells of the body. That's, that's where the problem is. Dr. Kemper, I, I couldn't remember his name. It's Dr. Kemper. Oh, okay. Did you ever, did you ever hear of him? No, him I have not. Oh my God, you should yeah. really look into his research. It's quite interesting. I, I, I don't recommend going on his. <laughs> no, for practice. sure. But you know, interestingly enough, Dr. DeVille, um, there are doctors who actually were inspired by him and continue to work and make his diet better. And there's one that I want to bring out right now that is Dr. Esselstein. Did you ever hear of him? No, I'm afraid not. Okay, Dr. Esselstein is at the Cleveland Clinic today to this day. Okay. And he literally is using Dr. Kemper's, you know, diet, but he's modified it by giving people to eat good carbs, whole grain carbs. Well, that's more like it. <laughs> with, with, with the fiber, just like God intended. Right. And, you know, brown rice and whole grain, whole grains and beans and, and all those things. And he puts them on a, you know, like no extremely low fat diet. Okay. And Dr. Esselstein has people coming to the Cleveland Clinic, as you know, is one of the you know, biggest places for people to go to for heart disease and you know, transplants and all that stuff and sure. triple bypasses. Well, instead of going for a triple bypass, 
they can go to Dr. Esselstyn's protocol. They can go to his 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 office in the Cleveland Clinic, and they could they could bypass the bypass. <laughs> Very and, nice. And, yeah. So he and he basically is using Dr. Kemper's um, diet that is all carb, but he's using good carbs, mm-hmm. and he's reversing not only heart disease. But diabetes Fantastic. and people with all kinds of high blood pressure, blood pressures, and all kinds of you know dementia and all kinds of other problems, and getting dramatic results. Mm-hmm. So it's it, sugar is not the problem per se, and carbohydrates especially. Mm-hmm. It's the fat, mm-hmm. and we're eating so much fat in this country. And now we got the low carb people saying, "Oh yeah, we, we you can eat all the fat you want." Mm-hmm. And they keep on changing the names from Dr. Atkins to the paleo to the keto. And now we've got a guy out there, a, a medical doctor. He's a psychiatrist, but he's advocating the carnivore diet. Have you seen that? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I have. He's saying all, <laughs> all meat. Right. He's saying, he's saying all plants are bad for you. Oh, wow. Come yeah. on. He's an agent for the enemy. He doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. The enemy is trying to trick people into believing that this stuff is good for you, and it's literally going against what God has intended for us, Dr. DeVille. Right. Well, okay, so along those lines, you, you're saying that fat is really the enemy and not so much the carbohydrates. You're talking about eat the, the saturated fat and things that, that come from processed Western meals, not the fats in foods the way God made them, like nuts and avocados and things like that, right? Yeah, I, my, yeah. My, I advocate I advocate eating the good fats from mm-hmm. things like, for example, cold water fish like mm-hmm. salmon and, okay. and sardines and those types of fish that are cold water. And then, of course, avocados mm-hmm. and and olive oil, which comes from the Mediterranean. Remember, Jesus right. dipped, dipped his bread. Again, what did Jesus eat? My kids used to say, what did Jesus do? I say, what did Jesus eat? <laughs> right. He dipped bread, a carbohydrate, in a dish when it had what? Olive oil, probably some spices. Right. So olive oil is good, mm-hmm. and and those are good fats. Mm-hmm. But when we get into eating the beef and the pork and the lamb and the chicken and the quantities that we're eating, that's the problem. You know, Dr. DeVille, in the blue zones, the people would eat some saturated fat, which is not going to kill you if you eat it in small quantities. It's not going to cause diabetes if you eat it in small quantities. But how did they eat it? Well, they would have maybe chicken once a week, mm-hmm. and then they would eat beef maybe at a wedding once a month or a celebration. Mm-hmm. And that's how they ate, and that's how they stayed, and that's how they were able to be the healthiest populations in the world, according to National Geographic. So um, it sounds like mostly it has to do with the way that we've refined and processed and changed the foods that God originally made. Would you agree with that? Oh, no question about it. There's no question about it. You know, and and I'd just like to say that, you know, the the Seventh-day Adventists are really a good example of a Christian group that follows natural eating the way God intended. And they eat mostly carbs. They eat about 75 percent more carbs than then, uh, or 65 to 75% more carbs than the average American eats, okay? Mm-hmm. And they have a 75% or greater lower incidence of diabetes than the rest of the population. And they're not doing it for health reasons because they don't really watch maybe necessarily white sugar or white flour. They're, they're doing it for religious reasons because mm-hmm. they believe that that's what God intended for us to eat. Sure, yeah. So that, that's, that's, you know, to me, it's there's so many arrows that are just 
just putting down the, the low carb diet. And again, I go back to what God intended for us back in the garden. And you know, that the enemy is just trying to confuse us and keep us in bondage to disease. And I go back and I, I look at it in the Bible. You, you know, it's not been, this is not, this is not new. You know, people like to hear good things about their bad habits. That's a real, <laughs> people like to hear good things. So people want to have to have meat. So when somebody comes along and says, oh yeah, you can eat all the meat you want and be healthy. They want to hear that. But you know, think about this in the Bible. Jesus and God, God took Moses and the Jewish people out of the land of, of Egypt. And they were in bondage, right? And he puts them into the desert and feeds them manna. And and basically God's taking them to a promised land of milk and honey and just a great place, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do the Jewish people do? They get mad at God because all they give them is manna. And they say, we want to go back to the flesh pots of Egypt. Mm -hmm. They want to go back to the meat of Egypt. They don't want to, this is, they're tired of this food that God gave them. God's taking them to a promised land, but they want to go back. People need to realize God has a plan, and if they follow it, they're going to get good health. And if they deviate from it, they're going to fall right into the trap of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, since we're talking about the, the corruption of our foods, what about sugar substitutes? And people are looking for ways to kind of still get the sweet but skirt the issue. What do you think about sugar substitutes and the artificial sugars? Are they bad for us? Oh, no question about, you know, whether it's the, you know, sucralose or whether it's, um, you know, Spartan, you know, there's lots of stuff to show that stuff is really bad for you. You know, the University of California at Davis did some studies on that. There's a lot of other places that studies have done done as well that people think that they're going to to um, use these artificial sweeteners because they're, you know, there's no uh, elevation of, of blood sugar. But what they found is, is that they... They turn off the hunger centers in, 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 in the brain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when, when you, when you um, have enough food, your body releases a hormone called leptin, right? Right. And so this artificial sugars, what the University of California Davis found is that it turns off the, that leptin response inside the body. And so it, it basically you start craving more, more food and you're going to go for those Foods that the food industry is literally prepared through science mm -hmm. to trick the American people. What are those three things that all those foods have that, that the packaged foods are made with? Mm -hmm. They're made with fat, salt, and sugar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's been purposely done by the food industry to trick people into and getting them addicted to these foods. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of research to show that that, for example, sugar is addicting. Right, right, right. And, and again, uh, it basically turns on uh, centers in the brain that act just like opium. So you want to you go back to get more of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're getting all these refined carbohydrates in, in, inside of um, our food supply. And, you know, we're getting refined fats and we're getting adulterated fats. And it's really just causing a real traffic jam inside of our body again sure. that's really causing us to have these chronic diseases and we got to get back to common sense i always tell people there's three principles that we need to live our life by in this 21st century number one it's common sense mm -hmm. and number two it's we should look at science mm -hmm. everything should be based on science when we make good decisions and the third thing is cooperation with nature 
-hmm. And we're not doing those three things. And we're following junk science. And we're getting people who are getting to be intrigued by people with, you know, credentials that are pretty impressive. I mean, you've got a for a person like Dr. Gundry out there. You've seen Dr. Gundry's work, sure. right? Right, uh-huh. He's out there promoting, and he's a cardiologist, and everybody says, oh my gosh, he's a cardiologist, and he's a world-famous surgeon, and so he must be the authority on nutrition. Well, what makes him the authority on nutrition? He's a cardiologist. He's cutting up people with knives and ripping open their chest, you know? So he's telling people that the foods that God said are good for us like beans, lentils, and you know, you know, uh, grains, and and even tomatoes, and 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 all these other what he calls the the bad you know foods with lectins in them. He's saying that oh my God, that's causing chronic disease. And then of course, what does he do around the on the other end? He's selling supplements mm -hmm. that cost you. Well, you could go ahead and eat some of those foods if you take my supplements. It costs you like a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So there, there people are getting tricked by some very, very informed uh, people that are very, that are, have got great credentials, but they're giving false information. In his book, for example, Plant Paradox, mm -hmm. in the Plant Paradox book, there's been people who've actually done research on this. Dr. Campbell, who I highly, rec highly respect, he wrote the, um, the uh, China study, you might've seen that. Right, uh -huh which clearly demonstrates that carbohydrates are not the problem, it's saturated fat again. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, Dr. Campbell said that in his investigation of Dr. Uh, Gundry's book, he said that when Dr. Gundry makes references to, to medical literature to support his lectin theory, he said that when he went back and checked all those references, that most of them didn't even support what he was saying. They were doing just the opposite. Hmm. Who goes and checks the references? Right, right. That's true. I do. You do, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, again, you know, we need to get back to common sense. We need to eat the, the natural foods like the people in the blue zones do and eat the whole foods. And, you know, again, when you look at a carbohydrate, you know, especially the whole complex carbohydrates that we talked about initially, it's a matrix. It's a three-dimensional matrix. It's got It's got fiber in it. Mm -hmm. It's got minerals and vitamins and trace minerals, and it's got phytochemicals. God put all those things together, and it slows down the absorption mm -hmm. of those carbohydrates so they don't cause a problem in your body. Right. And so we should be eating those things. And, you know, there, there's a really um, a wonderful um, uh, researcher and actually practitioner, um, and I can't think of his last name right now, but... His, he wrote, they have a, a, a book that's called Mastering Diabetes, and you might have remember seeing their book. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and this, this gentleman and his partner have done marvelous work with people, working with people who are, you know, have diabetes and trying to get off of medications and lose weight. And this Mastering Diabetes book, um, he literally had type 1 diabetes, and he was eating the standard American diet, eating really a lot of saturated fat. And he's a researcher. He's a PhD researcher. And when he was digging into his research at, at um, University of California, Berkeley, he was doing five years of research and he got his PhD there. And he found that 
he studied this whole uh, phenomena of insulin resistance and diabetes, and he discovered that it was fat that was the problem. Mm. And there's a lot of other people that did the same. But anyways, he had type 1 diabetes, and he got off of the saturated fat, ate the, I mean, low saturated fat, he ate, right. got on a plant-based diet, and he's now has his type 1 diabetes need for insulin drop down dramatically. And you know what he's eating now primarily? Hmm. Uh, mostly fruit, mostly fruit. Wow. And some vegetables and few grains, but he's eating mostly fruit and, wow. and of some beans. That's it. And he's eating a lot of fruit. When you see how much fruit this guy's eating, it's insane. But he has a lot of people who he's helping, and there is documentation, documenting all these people who are getting cured of their type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And he's showing that 80% of people could be cured of type 2 diabetes by eating like carbohydrates that are whole carbohydrates. I mean, just like like eating them out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Eating whole foods the way God made them. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we need to focus on. This, this is nonsense of this low-carb stuff that people are getting tricked into believing. Mm-hmm. So since most health starts in the gut, I think most people kind of agree with that these days, how would a plant-based diet compare to a low-carb diet in terms of how it affects the good bacteria in our guts? Well, that's an interesting phenomenon as well. You know, the bottom line is, is that researchers now are demonstrating, and Cleveland Clinic is another good example. They're showing that that there are, when you have a low-carb diet compared to like a plant-based diet, mm-hmm plant-based diet has a diversity of good bacteria. And the more diverse your bacteria are, the more good bacteria you have, the the lower the risk is for all kinds of disease. And there's no question about it. There's, as you know, there's so much research to show the connection between the bacteria and the gut. And good bacteria will promote health and prevent disease. Bad bacteria actually is creating disease. And most Americans have really very few good bacteria and a lot of bad bacteria. Right. And, and they found that people on a plant-based diet have bacteria in their gut that's very close to the people who are like these indigenous tribes that have like amazing gut bacteria that the scientists say this is ideal bacteria that have very low incidence of disease. And the plant-based diet people have a very similar bacteria culture inside of their gut like these these tribes that have extremely healthy gut bacteria. And these tribes are eating a lot of fiber. They're eating like up to 100, 150 grams of fiber a day. Mm-hmm. In a plant-based diet, you're gonna not get that much, but you're gonna get you know, 50, 75 grams of fiber, which is really ideal. Mm-hmm. And the American population is getting 25 grams mm-hmm. or less. Right. Anyways, so the bacteria, there's there's an interesting bacteria that they're studying, it's called acromensia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mucinophilia. Have you heard of that one? Yes, I have. Uh-huh. So acromensia, they're showing that people who are that are lean and you know in good shape and healthy and fit, they have a lot of acromensia in their gut. And the and the people who are obese and overweight have very little of this good bacteria called acromensia. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a an interesting thing. The people are eating saturated fat and all this bad fat. By the way, they showed a link with a low incidence of carbs and a high saturated intake of that's the meats and all the saturated fats mm-hmm. that they have a low acromancy in their gut. Not surprised. Yeah. Now, another phenomenon at the Cleveland Clinic, this is amazing, that they found that that people that eat 
a lot of meat. Saturated fat has a lot of what we call carnitine in it. Mm -hmm. And that, that carnitine triggers um, the body's bacteria to make uh, trimethylamine, which is a chemical. Just remember TMA. Okay. And then that liver changes that to another chemical it's called TMAO. And that TMAO, when it gets in the blood, it damages the lining of the blood vessels. Hmm. It causes inflammation. And it literally clogs up the arteries and causes heart attacks and strokes. This is at the Cleveland Clinic. Mm-hmm. And they're finding that that it also causes link, there's a link between it and cancer and other diseases as well. Mm-hmm. So the bad, and, and by the way, these bacteria that these people have inside of their gut that are eating a lot of animal protein is what really triggers that TMAO to be formed because they've taken vegans who don't eat any, any meat, any kind of, or very little saturated fat, and they've actually given them carnitine mm-hmm. in a supplement mm-hmm. and it didn't raise their TMAO. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh-huh. So again, that shows the plant-based diet, that's the way to go. And and we've got to understand that there's so much research on the bacteria in the gut. And we've got to protect that mm-hmm. and encourage it. And every single plant, every single plant that you eat has different types of bacteria that love to eat those plants. Mm-hmm. Sure. For example, I mentioned Acromensia mucinophilia, the one that helps the you know, researchers are excited about it because it helps people to be able to, to lose weight. Mm-hmm. If you eat cranberries or take some cranberry powder or pomegranate or kiwis or green tea or inulin, which is a fiber which you'll find in Jerusalem artichokes mm-hmm. and, and jicama, if you eat those foods, it, it'll increase the levels of acromensia dramatically hmm. you encourage you every plant that on the planet has a different if you eat an avocado if you eat beans if you eat quinoa or whole whole wheat every plant has different bacteria that love to eat those foods mm-hmm. and listen if you don't eat all those plant foods and get all those good bacteria and you don't have enough good bacteria inside of you the bad bacteria are going to eat the mucus lining of your gut and you're going to end up with increased permeability which is called leaky gut right right absolutely so with all this discussion can you give us an idea of how you eat i'm sorry i missed that can you give us an idea of what you eat what does your diet look like i try to eat like the blue zones yeah and then, and i and by the way i've been to the blue zones last winter uh, my wife and I went to Costa Rica, which is one of the blue zones. And in the blue zones, you'll find are five regions: Costa Rica, mm-hmm. uh, Sardinia, Italy, mm-hmm. and and also uh, Icaria, Greece, Icaria, mm-hmm. and then also in in um, Loma Linda, California. Right. And did I give five? Was that five? That was four. <laughs> you got one left. Okay. Costa Rica or Sardinia? So, somewhere in Japan, right? Oh, we Okinawa. Yeah, yeah right. Uh-huh. Okinawa. So, yeah, so I eat like the, the those people. I eat a lot of carbohydrates, just like God intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, whole grains, of course. I eat, you know, I my wife is uh, gluten-free, and she has, you know, and by the way, gluten can cause problems, but it doesn't cause problems for everybody. Right. There are certain people that are allergic to it or have a sensitivity to it. Mm-hmm. So my wife is sensitive to gluten, so I, I eat a lot of gluten-free foods, mm-hmm. but whole, whole grain gluten-free foods. Right. A lot of people are eating junk gluten-free foods. And that's true. And then I eat, you know, I still eat um, other gluten grains. Um, 
not as much as I used to, but I still eat them. Mm-hmm. A whole whole wheat bread. I make sure it's always non-GMO. Right, of course. And then um, I also eat beans, a lot of beans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, by the way, Dr. DeVille, I tell everybody all my patients are full of beans. <laughs> uh-huh. I've treated over 15,000 patients with this kind of diet because I treat them. I wouldn't do anything to my patients. I didn't do it for myself. Sure. And I And I eat whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. And, 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 you know, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables um, in their raw state. And, and I also um, have a little bit of fish, and that's as far as I go. I eat cold water fish. Mm-hmm. And it's always baked or broiled. It's never deep fried. I don't eat any deep fried. And I've treated over 15,000 patients with chronic autoimmune diseases, mm-hmm. like diabetes and psoriasis and lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and colitis and Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And they've been cured. You know, people who were told that they have body parts removed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be on drugs for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and they still have their body parts intact, just where the good Lord intended them to be. Absolutely. And I'm Absolutely. proud of that. Fantastic. So is there anything I, tell, I have... I always tell people, Dr. Deville, if I may, I tell people that, that basically um, God heals the body. And I get the credit. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? I I just really want people to understand that God has a plan in his scripture Mm -hmm. for us spiritually, for us physically, for us emotionally, mentally. He's given us a plan. You know, the Bible's not a diet book. It's not. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of clues in there. I mean, look at the look at the in the Old Testament in Ezekiel. There's Ezekiel bread that God, <laughs> right. that God gave us. Right. Uh-huh. You know, it's got beans and grains in it and they're whole grains, you know, and it's a delicious tasting bread. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus ate bread and Jesus ate carbs. And, you know, and, and then, you know, we should be eating lots of herbs like God said in the Bible. You know, in the book of Ezekiel, it says that the herbs will be for the healing of the nations. Right. Right. And then in the book of Revelation, which is a, a prophetic future revelation, it says the herbs again will be for the healing of the nations. Mm-hmm. So we should be eating herbs and whole grains and nuts and seeds and beans and legumes. And eat, if you're going to eat animal protein, eat it sparingly right. and give, it, give a blessing to God and thanks for it and be happy. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where can people go to find out more about you? Then go to theothersideofmedicine.com, theothersideofmedicine.com, and I've got them on Facebook. I've got a website, theothersideofmedicine.com. My my Facebook is the same, mm-hmm. and I post a lot of information. And you know, Dr. Deville, I would just say lastly that I've been since 1986 and on the radio, I've been giving people information way ahead of time. I was talking about the gut microbiome back in 1980s. Awesome. I was talking about you know, the connection between uh, all the problems that we're having with refined carbohydrates and and the saturated fat back in the 1980s. I was talking about all these things way, way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so I continue to give people information that's really years ahead. And and what I do is I delve into the research. And if it's not going to cause any harm, I I interest people in using it. And you mentioned one last thing. Is there anything I would like to share? And yeah, there is one more thing. And they did a study with COVID, and that's something that's real pertinent to our, to our today. Mm-hmm. And they found that in this study with close to 3,000 people, that people who are on a plant-based diet, that, that 
that they, if they contracted COVID, didn't go into the to moderate to severe symptoms that that most people go into a very low incidence of that. And the people who were on a on meat and meat and refined carbohydrate diet like Americans eat, they had a four times increased incidence of going into moderate to severe COVID symptoms. Interesting. So it's dramatic where you can eat a plant-based diet and prevent acute diseases and chronic diseases. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time, Dr. Christosik. Thank you so very much for everything that you've shared with us. Well, Dr. DeVille, I know that your work, you know, is focused on God first, and you're going to be blessed by that. And, you know, I really want to have you on my podcast coming up. You know, for years I was on the radio, and now I'm moving into the podcast realm, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm new at this. I'm just starting it up, so I'm going to have to be a little bit slower. You've been doing this for a while, so I'll have to learn from people like you. (laughs) Sounds great. I would look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. God bless you, and God bless everybody listening. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast, Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.